Hello, and welcome to Portscast, the only furry podcast that never mentions penises. I'm your host, Portsby, and I've got a lovely show in store for you. Today, my guests are Luna Sarbright, again. Hi! Hello! And Keeney Fox. Hello there. Hello, Keeney. How are you doing today? How am I doing today? Well, all the better for talking to you guys. It's always uh, it's good, going to be good fun. Um, <laughs> and thanks for inviting me onto this podcast of yours. I've enjoyed listening to it for a few years now. Oh, well, thanks. a couple of years it's been on, mm-hmm. and um, I'm, I'm glad to be invited to be along. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> As some of you may have uh, noticed, uh, Keeney has some sort of brogue going on. <laughs> it's uh, it's because he is Scottish. Yes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Where about in Scotland do you live? I live um, just east of Dundee, um, which is somewhere in the northeast of the country. Awesome. So it's a neat, so it's a fair-sized city that I live on the very outskirts of, basically. Mm-hmm. And um, well, yeah, I've been here all my life, pretty much. And um, well, my grandfather was born here as well, but um, most of my family are from all over the country, so um, that's all I really have to say about that. And my mum is from England as well, so. Mm-hmm. A bit of everything, really. <laughs> so yeah, it's quite some distance that um, we're communicating from and everything. Yes, uh, we're over here across the pond in the United States. <laughs> <laughs> the power of the internet. The internet is a wonderful thing. It brings out the best <laughs> and worst in everyone. <laughs> <laughs> now, Kini is a really great cartoony artist that I've known for many years, probably what five or six years now maybe even yeah that more. would be about right yeah mm-hmm. i've been following your work for a long time same <laughs> he uh he does a web comic called transmission about two twin squirrels who uh relocate to the americas that's right um originally born in the english midlands and then there's some contrived plot line that I just quickly came up with um, just to get them over to the other side of the world as po- quickly as possible. Um, got them over to Southern California, which is um, a place that um, I really quite like, actually. Um, I visited Southern California for the first time, and I liked it so much that I decided to set a webcomic there with English characters. And, well, I've been back to that location a couple of times since then. And um, But, of course, I'm now starting to do other parts of the comics set in other parts of America as well, so... Mm-hmm. I'll be looking forward to making those strips as well. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it, man. Yeah, I'm working on one that's uh, showing a rock band that's uh, the younger brother of the twins touring around uh, the northeast coast of America, starting in New York, then moving over to Canada, and then eventually we'll get to Seattle, uh, Colorado, and then down to Los Angeles after that. So it'll be fun to draw some new scenarios with new characters. You use, like, you've traveled to these places, right? As far as, do you, do you use that as a part of your comic as far as like, as far as reference your experience there in the comic? Yes, a lot of the uh, re- background designs are um, referenced from photographs I took when I was actually in these places. Um, not just Los Angeles, but um, San Francisco, New York, Toronto, um, and Seattle, of course, as well now. Um, because... Um, I've been to, I went to these places because I thought they'd be pretty cool to visit or because I liked the idea of them. And when I got there, um, I was able to get a better idea of what the place was like. And in some cases, I enjoyed the atmosphere of the place so much that I wanted to uh, reference it in some of the artwork that I do and everything. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I, mean, I, love, I, love, I, love, I love the UK as well and everything, but um, 
it's good to um, get out a bit and uh, expand your horizons a bit. Exactly. I've always kind of wanted to go over there to uh, England. Mm-hmm. Not Scotland. <laughs> or Scotland. Well, with, given what the rec- well, given what the recent independence referendum was like and how ugly it got, I don't blame you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I think it'd be cool to visit Glasgow or uh, Edinburgh. Edinburgh is definitely worth visiting if you've never been to Scotland before, definitely. It's a nice, pretty place. Mm-hmm. Glasgow's good as well. Um, it's got a good transport museum if you're into cars and all those other things. Mm-hmm. It'd be neat to check out. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I agree. And there's a lot of pretty places as well out in the country. Like um, if you go up to Fife, which is a peninsula just north of Edinburgh, then it's got some really lovely countryside, um, including the Scottish Deer Centre, which uh, has lots of different species of deer there. And it even has wolves and foxes. And they actually uh, sponsor the fox that lives there. Um, awesome. Which is pretty neat. I'm uh, trying also so hard f- not to squeal right now. <laughs> 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 <I'm> like, <laughs> uh, and of course, um, up in the Highlands, you've got Loch Ness, which is an obvious tourist spot and everything. Mm-hmm. And um, well, plenty of resorts for people to go skiing on, if on the off chance it does actually snow here. So yes. yeah. Sometimes it is fun to be an obvious tourist. <laughs> yeah, I mean, where I live at the moment is... Uh, well, just south of where the North Sea oil and gas trade is located and everything. So we get some orgs coming in every so often for servicing. Mm-hmm. But Aberdeen usually gets most of that. But um, if anybody ever wants to go to Scotland, then I would definitely recommend going to, well, Edinburgh and probably the northwest as well, because it's got some really lovely scenery and everything mm-hmm. that's been used in many films. Definitely. That, that's what I'd go there for, is mostly for the scenery. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, England's got some lovely scenery, like the Lake District has got some good scenery, the Peak District, mm-hmm. the New Forest, and Wales has got some very nice mountains as well. Yeah. And if you go further into Europe, because a lot of Americans that I know have gone to continental Europe as well, then Germany's definitely worth checking out too, where Eurofrance is, of course. And that's one of the things that sort of motivates some American furries I know to go there and visit. Yeah. I want to go to Germany so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'd love to go to Eurofrance one of these years. Yeah, Eurofrance is probably the convention I'm second most frequent in everything because it's got so many nice people there and all that. Mm-hmm. And the location is always good. Yeah, it'd be so cool to uh, meet all of the international artists that I watch. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. I mean, because depending on which convention you go to, you get all kinds of different uh, artists that you expect to see there and everything, which... Um, because everyone has their own favorite convention where they would go to pretty much every year. For me, it's confuzzled down in Birmingham at the moment in England. Mm-hmm. But um, there's other ones I've been to a few times. Like I've been to Anthrocon three times now and I've been to Eurofronts four times. And, well, I've also been to Further Confusion twice. And this year I was at Rainforest as well. So yep. I've been to quite a few different ones now and everything just so I could get to meet all kinds of different people and enjoy a different experience. Plus... Um, give myself an, an excuse to go to um, a new city as well. That's so exciting to be able to travel like that, because I know for me it takes forever to like be able to get the money. <laughs> to be able yeah, to I mean, it helps that I, I'm still living with my folks just now and everything. Shh, don't tell. Oh, great, I've just told them. <laughs> <laughs> we'll cut that no, out. No, I mean, like, <laughs> I, I live with my dad right now, even, and it's... Mm-hmm. it's it's really tough. All three of us live yeah. with our parents at the moment, <laughs> so it's fine. You're, yeah. you're in good company. It's just, it's just easier and stuff, really, because um, mm-hmm. um, I've been to America a few times now, but I always try to get the best deals I can and everything, because it's usually cheaper to go in the wintertime, as it turns out. I went in the fall this year, and I've been th- in the summer as well, and it's actually cheaper to go in the winter. Hmm. But um, 
it all depends on who's available and if any of my friends fancy putting me up for accommodation, which is always a bonus. And um, definitely, if I and if I look for a hotel, find a good hotel that's not too expensive and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the same can apply when you're in Britain as well and everything. We've got a great chains of budget hotels and everything all over the country, and um, so on and so forth. So. And the convention I hotel. Because I, I work for a hotel company, so yeah. big hotel mm-hmm. chain. So it's like. So, so oh, now we've got. Our, you want to get a discount? Okay. Yeah, we've got our way <laughs> in now. <laughs> yeah. The conven- <laughs> convention hotel for Eurofrance is quite. It reminded me so much of the hotels that were in um, America because it's got. It's more than 12, 13 stories high and everything, and mm-hmm. all the rooms are decorated in the same sort of way that the hotels in North America are. So. Yeah, and this was in Germany, of course. So it, um, it was a nice, pleasant reminder of some of the bigger conventions I've been to. But of course, Eurofrance is now a big convention, biggest one outside of the United States of America, definitely. Mm-hmm. And Confuzzled's catching up as well. Confuzzled's got more oh, than yeah. had over a thousand these last time. Yeah, that's that's what I heard. I I keep seeing a lot of people actually going to that now too, it's starting yeah. to become a uh, pretty good uh, con over there. Yes, I mean, I first went to Confuzzled in 2009, which was its second year, and back then it was at some titchy little youth hostel in the middle of Manchester, next to the canals. <laughs> the attendance was only 180, but it was such a nice, cosy, homely atmosphere with people that I knew and everything, and some mm-hmm. people I just met for the first time. And um, sounds as nice. well. And already I was making good friends, and I enjoyed it that much. And the next year was next two years were set in. Um, a slightly bigger hotel in the outskirts of Manchester. The hotel was a bit glum and dingy, but it was good getting to meet even more people. And mm-hmm. convention then moved to Hinkley, which is somewhere just um, a bit further south in the English Midlands, way out in the countryside, so it was harder to get to. But the hotel we had there was absolutely fantastic. It was a nice, bright, open hotel and everything, nice and modern. And um, unfortunately, two years later, the, con- the convention was growing so much that we outgrew the hotel, and now we've had to relocate to Birmingham. Uh-huh. And... Um, I don't know what the future has in store for us there. I think we're going back to Birmingham again next year. Um, More than likely. Um, um, I don't I mean Birmingham's the second largest city in the whole country. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think we're going to move it to London. I hope we don't because um, the whole the, the best thing about Confuzzled was the fact that it was right in the middle of the, England pretty much and everything. And um, so pretty much everyone from around the country would be able to just travel a similar distance to get there. Mm-hmm. And even though I've got a little bit further to go, because I live quite a bit further north and everything, transport links down into England are pretty good from where I am, and um, I always enjoy a good journey anyway. Yeah. So the bigger hotel's good as well. I mean, it's got its own swimming pool, so the furries, like the otter furs, for example, that I know like to help you swim about. <laughs> and um, I, maybe I should bring my swimming shorts at some point as well. Um, lots of is nice there, rooms. Is there a everything. large insurgence of otters up there in Britain? <laughs> well... I only know a handful of them and everything, but um, like, well, one of my friends is an otter, and um, <laughs> he was teaching another friend how to swim recently. And um, but the other friend's a cat, and I, well, as far as I know, cats don't. <laughs> <laughs> but then you have to suspend your disbelief in the, all these things and everything. We're talking animals, for goodness' sake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> we we kind of me and my friends joke about the pool at Furry Fiesta. We say far, far away from that in the, the hot tub or the jacuzzi. Yeah, toilet. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I've, seen a pool, I've seen a pool that was at um, Further Confusion as well. That was an outdoor one, but I, didn't see, I only saw a handful of attendees using it. The thing about swimming pools at hotels is that 
you always know that when the alcohol starts coming out, something is going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> and, exactly. And well, you better keep the Rolls Royces hidden, otherwise one's going to end up in the swimming pool. Yeah, yep. <laughs> that can puzzle. That's an indoor swimming pool, so that's uh, that's, that's not going to be a problem. <laughs> not, well, so, well so we not think... quite so much. <laughs> it's it's kind of funny because I'll, I'll pass by the pool when we go to a convention, and I, there's yep. just a lot of. Uh, sketchy looking people in there. I'm like, no, I'm no. good. I won't swim today. <laughs> Did you see the swimming pool that was at Rainforest, actually? I mean, it was in quite a nice area of the It hotel, was. Like, it was a really place. nice little courtyard. Yes, it was. All those trees and everything. I saw a few people in there and it was nighttime and stuff, but um, nobody I knew anyway. And um, yeah. So just walked past and that was it. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Conventions Hotel really does make a big difference as well because if it's a comfortable hotel and it's got all these cool amenities and stuff, then the attendees can basically get in. I was really impressed well with, with the Hilton, honestly, because I'd never been and I didn't look into it at all. Like I'm I'm one of those people, I'm like, okay, well, this is where it's going to be. I'll, I'll look at it when I get there kind of thing. That's pretty much what I'm like as well, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I don't really read into these things too much, although like even... they've been preview the hotel that was going to be used the following year, so... Mm-hmm. But it's always quite a nice surprise to see what the hotel's like, or depending on how good the hotel is or how bad the hotel is, it may not be as yeah. good. Like, even even with um, Fur Fright, though, because we, we stayed across the street when yeah. we went, and, um, but even the hotel, like, I was, I didn't know what to expect, and then I'm like, wow, this is actually, like, really small, and then I think it was mostly because I, I didn't keep in mind it was Connecticut. Yeah, so I thought like it, it just it seemed like everything in Connecticut was so small yeah. compared to where I'm from. And you're from <laughs> Texas, where everything is gigantic. Yeah, and, and everyone well, celebrates Texas it. Is the lar- Texas is the largest in the contiguous United States, anyway, so it's mm-hmm. no surprise really. Everything's more spread out, I suppose. Well, it just depends. I mean, I'm in a major city, so everything's really condensed. But mm-hmm. it's it's yeah. just the fact that you know, it was <laughs> the fact that you can drive across state in like. 30 minutes to 45 minutes blew my mind because that's to get to the next major city here. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just Connecticut like... Is, Connecticut's only slightly bigger than Rhode Island, isn't it? So it's not very big at all, really. Yeah, it's yeah, really it's tiny. Well, at least, yeah. at least, I mean, compared to... For me, it was comparing to Texas because so, yeah. I'd never been up north at all. Yeah, so... I, can, I, think getting, I think getting around Britain is pretty is pretty quite a big thing in itself, really, but then... When I go to America, it just overwhelms me just how enormous the whole place actually is and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, well, when when I was working at SeaWorld, I would have friends that would tell me, oh, yeah, we had, I had a German tourist, you know, family come in today. I'm like, yeah. And they'd be like, they would talk to them and be like, oh, yeah, so we're going to, we're going to be here for a couple hours and then we're going to drive up to, to Austin and see the capital and blah, blah, blah. And... My friend would be like, oh, yeah, so you're going to do that all week? You know, you're going to be here for a week then, right? And then they were like, oh, no, we're going to do this all today. And they're like, no, you're not. To get to Austin alone is like an hour and a half from San Antonio. And so they wanted to spend all day at SeaWorld and then go up there. It's like, you're going to know. Better get up early. So you've experienced with overflow hotels at conventions as well as the main hotels. Um, I've done a bit of the same as well. The first time, well, when I went to Anthrocon, the first two times I stayed in the main hotel just because I hadn't been to America before. So I wanted to just sort of um, play it safe for convenience's sake. 
Mm-hmm. But the third time I went, I stayed in an overflow hotel, which was a bit further away from and everything. It was cheaper and it was comfortable anyway, because I was just rooming by myself anyway. So yeah. I didn't have any reason to really stay at the main hotel anywhere. Mm-hmm. So, sometimes it's nice puzzle, to be at the overflow. Because you don't have to uh, run into a, a ton of drunken <laughs> furries all the time. Well, <laughs> the lifts are always a lot quieter as well, and everything. You're not having massive yeah, cues for them. Quiet and. I was going to say that um, that Confuzzle, the first one, was set in a youth hostel, so there was only so much space available. Yeah. And my experience of youth hostels is that it's very uncomfortable to sleep on the beds there. A lot of the beds are really bad. It's like sleeping on a bed of nails, literally. Oh, wow. Just like so, just um, like cots, then. More or less, there's like proper wired um, mattresses and stuff, and I didn't realize this until a couple of years later when I stayed at a youth hostel for a friend's wedding. But um, I digress. Um, I stayed at a hotel around the corner from Confuzzle the first time, but since then I've been staying at the main hotel for the convention and room shares with another person. So um, that helps keep the costs down and everything, which is pretty good. But in Germany, for your friends, um, the first three years I was first three years I was here, we were at the Maritime Hotel in Magdeburg, and I stayed at this overflow hotel, which was a five-minute walk away next to the train station. And it's a very good hotel. A lot of my friends were staying there too. But the main hotel, um, well, the thing that most people would notice about it is that it's very, very high. And all the rooms are basically, majority of them, you open the door and immediately you're onto a concourse which overlooks the main area. And it's huh. a fearfully long drop to the ground if you're even just a couple of stories up. Wow. So I've heard of people that have been uh, just terrified of heights and stuff and... Um, that was one of the things about the uh, Maritime Hotel that I'll be glad that we don't have to endure anymore. Because <laughs> while the new hotel in Berlin's quite a lot taller and it's got more rooms and everything, um, you feel a lot safer when you're inside it. <laughs> uh, the only thing worse would be if like, they had glass floors and just oh, suspended my God, over them. <laughs> no. It's bad enough that the banisters are made of glass. Never mind oh my floors. gosh. You can see all the way down. It's not nice. Um, like, have you ever been in first... a glass elevator? Like that? Oh yeah, terrifying. I have. The, the elevators oh. there were glass. I'm sure they oh, were. No, like the floor even. Like, like... like... not the floor, but um, the no, that... walls. We've been in most, that though. Most like, hotels it's... like that with like a large lobby with all the floors going up. They usually have the glass elevators, so you can look down. Yes, um, these ones, um, we saw people, my friends, they sort of made jokes and bets as to see, like, they were, which one raced to the top first or go back <laughs> to the bottom first. That was the source of entertainment. They had a couple of elevators at the other end that were not exposed to the elements, which was good, at least. <laughs> uh, Rainforest was good, though, because the hotel there wasn't very tall, so we didn't have any of the heights issues and stuff. Mm-hmm. It was more sprawled out and everything, so it still required walk to get from place to place. Yeah. It was, uh, there's only like two floors in the hotel area and then I mean you would take a elevator up in the parking garage and then you'd get up to the top. Well, yeah. So get up to the top where the rest of it was. So it's yeah, a couple so, of separate buildings basically. Yeah. A couple of separate buildings and the tallest one was maybe four four or five floors up. Yeah. But like and the, uh, well, yeah, well, not the hotel I was staying at, which was the Clarion one just across the road, that was only three stories high as well and everything. Yeah. And um that was not a problem at all and all that. It was, I didn't have any problems with the crowding or anything like that at all. So that's always a good thing. And plenty of good facilities for eating as well and all that. So you can always go to someplace like Subway if you get bored of Denny's. <laughs> that or... reminds me of uh, when we were at Rainforest. It reminds me of when we were at Rainforest and uh, you, you were weirded out by the fries at Denny's. 
the chips. Well, yeah, I mean, I've eaten, I'd eaten at Denny's before and everything, but the thing is, the fries there were sort of vertically, vertically crinkle cut. Yeah, I, I've never seen that either. Like, See, it was funny because I hadn't eat. I I used to frequent Denny's all the time, and somehow, like, I would never eat the fries, but my friends would, and so I was familiar with that. But I guess it totally slipped my mind because I'm like, <laughs> they're just. I thought you were talking about regular old crinkle cut fries. No, no these and are like so, vertical crinkle cut. <laughs> yeah, I know, but that's only why Danny's I was does like, them oh, as far Kini. as I wear. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Kenny, you're so adorable. You don't know what the hell you're talking about. Like, and then, and then we go to Denny's, and go. I'm like, and then we go to Denny's, and I'm like, oh, well, well, okay, then he was right. Like, this is weird. <laughs> yeah. So. They make good ice cream sundaes. It's just that the portions are so large and everything is... I can't fit it all in. <laughs> Even when I've got the ap- a big appetite, I can't fit it all in. Mm-hmm. Whereas we Americans were like, oh, this is like a snack. <laughs> I could have more, actually. That's like yeah, we, had, we, we each had our portions, and then we also got like... I think we got both got dessert or something on top of <laughs> and that. Then we got up and had some from other people's tables and... <laughs> Went in the back and picked up a couple plates more, and and you both look so thin. <laughs> Amazing. I mean, I'm I'm just overwhelmed at how big some of the breakfast portions are as well. I mean, um, oh yeah, I, let, I mean like loads of rashes of bacon, fried eggs, flash browns, pancakes, a whole lot of stuff. I mean, I could manage one pancake for breakfast, I suppose, or a small yeah. bowl of cereal. Not something as enormous as that and everything, but. <laughs> There are people that do, and well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Shit, you need to come eating with me at one of my our local restaurants and just watch how I pack it in, because it... <laughs> I'll be like, okay, and then the waiter will come up, I'll be like, okay, so I want, like, we have this one restaurant locally, and the breakfast, there's one breakfast I get, and it's comes with two pancakes, a slice of bacon, a sausage patty, a ham cutlet, which is just, it's a little, it's maybe the size of your palm, as far as, like, dimension but it's really really thin and it comes with like two eggs biscuits and i think it comes with hash browns too and so that's what i get like every time and basically I just, comes like, with everything except for the kitchen sink i suppose <laughs> give me everything in a bucket with fried egg on top well, we well went, americans we went... a lot of american uh, sizes are done in a bucket practically because the first time i went to the states was six six years ago now and I was spending most of my time there in the company of my um, uncle, aunts, and cousins who live in North Carolina. That's the only time I've been down to the south. But um, I remember when my cousin and I and one of our friends went to the cinema to see Wally um, because it was released in America a few months before it get released in Britain mm-hmm. and the rest of Europe for some reason. As it does um, for a lot of things. They, I the sizes of the drinks were small, medium, large. Four dollars, four fifty, five dollars. I just asked for a small one. Whereas um, my fr- my cousin's friends together they shared this large one, which was literally the size of a bucket. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was like a hundred ounces. A bucket of Coca Cola. It's just like wow. It was a two liter thing. Of <laughs> so. Well, well, yeah. I mean, I was even offered to, up to offered to go up to medium for fifty cents extra. But I knew I'd never mm-hmm. be able to drink that much Coca Cola, and if I did, well, it would not be very good for me, to say the I was least. Say, you can barely, you can barely drink a, a small. Like I never go to the movies, and every time, like when I see the portion sizes at the movies specifically, I'm like, what? Yeah, yeah. Well, I never, I never, I only bring, I only bring a bottle of water to the movies with me these days anyway, because the the size of the drinks are. 
too big and they're always too expensive anyway. Yeah. It's better for you anyway than that giant thing yeah. of soda. I don't go to the movies very often, of course, because I prefer to wait for something to come out in rental. Plus, last time mm. I went to the cinema was to see The Nut Job, and there were loads of annoying little kids in the audience <laughs> who shut the heck up. Yeah. I did see Guardians of the Galaxy, and that turned out okay. So oh, yeah. A lot of people, including myself, wanted to see the film just for Rocket the Raccoon, but then it turns mm-hmm. out that Groot was a really popular character as well. So this goes to show um, what going to see the film actually can do and everything. And, well, it's amazing just how much um, popular... That's the, uh, that's the second voice that Vin Diesel has done that has turned quite the following for the character even though mm-hmm. they only had like one or two yeah, yeah iron giant like one or two that words each awesome. <laughs> i think once before at college um we literally spent whole lessons going to the movie theater well you know the the auditorium that was there because they would show animated films just to sort of inspire us mm-hmm. and one day it happened to be the iron giant and there was a lot of laughs and everything while we watched it and stuff because We'd all seen the film before, but it was great fun watching it again and everything. Just that's, that's one of my favorite animated movies, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it's a great one. Mm-hmm. Uh, what one of the first few that really had like a a large amount of CGI in it to go with the animation, the hand animation. It was done well, though. Definitely, it, it was done very well. And uh, mm-hmm. I actually just rewatched uh, Oliver and Company just yeah. the other day, and that also has a lot of CGI. Early, early CGI. Like primitive, mm-hmm. <laughs> but but it 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 does pretty well for the time when it came. Well, out. yeah, I mean Disney did a lot of rotoscoping um, back in the early eighties and stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, sorry, just letting the cat out of the room. Oh no worries. Yeah, one of my cats was sleeping on my bed. <laughs> yeah, Oliver and Com- Oliver and Company was um, well, that was from quite a while ago now actually, and um, The Little Mermaid. Um, that was the film that came after that. That was like the first of the Disney Renaissance, and then you had yeah. The Rescuers Down Under, which sort of really did use computer animation oh, more extensively. Yeah. And well, today it, the animation, the computer animation, anyway, does look a bit um, basic compared to what we have now. But even today, um, the two D animation that's in that film looks absolutely fantastic. And, yeah, um, oh, I definitely. Think it's one of the best looking Disney films that ever got made. Yeah, and and the uh, the wildebeest. Stampede and Lion King still holds up like it's incredible. Oh yeah, I mean I can't believe that that film's twenty years old now and everything. But the Lion King is just one of those few Disney films that seems to tick pretty much all the boxes for a family classic. Good music, good characters, mm-hmm. dead parents. Yeah, <laughs> right, but it's got hyenas as well and Whoopi <laughs> yes. Goldberg and Cheech Marin voice too. And Jim Cummings mm-hmm. voice is the third one. You've got to have Jim Cummings in somewhere. Oh yeah, well Jim or Cummings Disney- actually did some of the singing for Scar in the first one. Oh, there, yes. there at the uh, end of Scar's song, it actually, if if you listen closely, it does change into Jim Cummings there at the end because yeah. I guess I guess uh, Jeremy Irons couldn't hold that sort of tone that high or something. Be prepared, yeah. yeah. I, oh, I shall practice my courtesy. I mean, Jeremy Irons is great for that sort of voice and everything. Definitely. And um, it's a small world after all. No, no, anything but that. Rowan Atkinson is great. Mm-hmm. As awesome I love ever, Rowan. So. Yeah, I mean, I just love doing impressions of the character and all that. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it's just great. The little major Dumbo go hibbity hobbity all the way to the birdie boiler and everything. <laughs> oh, well, I must say it's time to go and everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, it was lying around! I love that film. I love, I love quoting the hyenas. Mm-hmm. I think all my favorite scenes, I mean, when I was a kid and stuff, um, Timon and Pumbo were my favorite characters, but when I grew up, it was the hyenas. <laughs> just, just, just yeah. I, I still have a soft spot for uh, Timon. <laughs> yeah, well, it's of, Nathan Lane. I mean, I, I, yeah, it's Nathan Lane. He's amazing. 
Dress and Dragon do the hula, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've seen the uh, Lion King animated series as well that followed it and everything, but I think mm. the original film is the one that um, I have the fond memories for, basically. Yeah, I do remember watching the Timon and Pumbaa spinoff show. Yeah. Is that what you Some were talking about? Some of it was actually quite good. Yeah. I, I, I remember they, like, Timon sings uh, Stand By Me or Lean On Me. Yes, and like, Stand uh, By Me. Yeah, Stand By Me, and uh, Pumbaa's just gets throttled every time the chorus comes in. My favorite part is when the cruise ship falls on him. <laughs> uh, earlier, you were talking about uh, going to the nut job and having all the children there, and it reminded me yeah. uh, the last film that I saw was uh, Book of Life, which is actually oh, yeah. quite well animated, but mm-hmm. uh, at, at first I was a little apprehensive to it because... Within the first five <laughs> minutes, there's two poop jokes right after oh. each other. I'm like, oh shit, I'm in for the big, I'm in for the long haul now. Yeah, that job had a, had a handful of fart jokes and everything, but to be fair, one of them was actually pulled off quite well, but the other ones just seemed to be phoned in just for the sake of it. Mm-hmm. But uh, Fart jokes do work, but only if they're done very, very well indeed. Otherwise, it's just yeah. not worth it. Oh, but but these these were definitely scatological in nature. Like not not even just fart; they were just straight up poop jokes. Oh, like yeah. uh, like this little kid is selling churros. He's like churros, churros, and then a flock of pigeons comes by and poops on him. He's like frosted churros. Like, oh God! <laughs> at at that out. moment, I'm, I'm like, holy I shit! I I can't. I I don't know if I can last through this movie. But uh it's, thankfully it did sort it did get better. Sort of laugh, you know? <laughs> like they say, it gets better. <laughs> That's good. I mean the film is on my rental list, I think. But uh um, spe- speaking of the kids though, uh it, it, I mean it was full of children. But within ten minutes they were enthralled with this movie. They were totally sucked in and completely quiet the entire time. It was amazing. That's so 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 I mean, if that's anything to go on, I mean, <laughs> Book of Life probably a good thing to take your kids to. <laughs> mm-hmm, definitely. I mean, there's another animated film that came out this year called The Box Trolls, which oh, I yes, I love. Oh, Box it's Trolls. so good. <laughs> yeah, me like, and, not, me and uh, Luna saw that when we were in Seattle for Rainforest. We actually yes. uh, went, when we went downtown to uh, uh, do touristy things on Sunday, mm-hmm. we ended up seeing The Box Trolls. It's well crafted. It is and so, so much... beautifully animated. Yeah. Like... yeah. It does look like a lot of effort went into it and everything. I'm not oh, sure if the animation style is the sort of thing I would um I'd enjoy, but um yeah. I've been surprised the, before the, because the animation style sure is like... a little odd, but I mean it, yeah. it works for the story and because I didn't think I would be very fond of films like Frank Camini or The Nightmare Before Christmas, the mm-hmm. Tim Burton ones, but then after I watched them I thought, actually these are really well done. Yeah. They're yeah. some of my favorites, especially A Nightmare for Christmas. Yeah. I, I saw that in the theater when it first came out when I was like eight or nine. And, yeah, uh. <laughs> I didn't see it until I grew up, unfortunately, but. Yeah. Most Disney films I saw when I was a kid, but Robin Hood I didn't actually see till I was 17. Oh my gosh. I was, when I was a wee boy, I tried to ignore, I tried to avoid that film because it just, uh, seemed a bit too cheesy and a bit too silly, but then, well, um, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe as a grown up, I just sort of mailed out, and well, yeah. I mean, Robin Hood is cheesy. It's um, cheap. But it, it's, it's cheesy fun. and That's cheap, but it's about. fun. Yeah, definitely. It's fun. 
Um, the first film I think I saw in the cinema was either The Jungle Book, because I know my mum took me to see that, or it might have been Aladdin, which I saw on a school trip. And I remember enjoying Aladdin the first time I saw it, of course, with the late, great Robin Williams doing the genie's voice. I loved the genie in every scene he was in, definitely. Mm-hmm. And I loved how colourful the film was. And I was only like, I only just turned five at that point and everything. Yeah. I think I think the very first uh, Disney film that I saw was actually Little Mermaid in the theater. Yeah, that's, that and was one that I, I was for some like reason I got given that. as a present on video and... Um, I would never have imagined that Little Mermaid can be seen as a boys' film as opposed to a girls' film, but then at the same time, um, mm-hmm. Little Mermaids. Now that I've grown I mean, up and they, they do I, give I you just, just enough, be. just enough for the boys to be interested, you know. Well, yeah, it's got shipwrecks. It's got um, well, it's got Ursula the octopus in it for goodness' sake, <laughs> and and well, um, all kinds of other things and everything. And well, when you grow up and everything, you just uh, notice just how badass some of the villains are actually are and everything. Mm-hmm. Which is pretty cool, especially and, um, in the Renaissance well, of course, Beauty days. and the Beast. Was, Beauty and the Beast was a very good film. I loved, um, I loved how the bad guy died and everything because he was such an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I, I quite loved how they su- loved the supporting characters as well. I was almost disappointed to see them get turned back into people again. <laughs> um, yeah, and um, well, I remember all this the brouhaha around Pocahontas as well. My dad's first computer had a Pocahontas mouse mat because that was the <laughs> big film at the time. Wow! Uh, and um, I think I, I, wanted... I remember seeing Pocahontas, and it was the first one. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I, I, mean... I remember it was the first one I didn't quite so much like, and then uh, after yeah. that, like, I I don't know, was Notre Dame before that or after? That came after Hunchback of Notre Dame, just okay. a year after. Yeah, yeah. Hunchback was was yeah for me as well as as a child. But uh, yeah, looking at it, looking back at it now, I mean, it's not it's not terrible either. You can appreciate the effort that's gone into it. I mean, when Definitely. I was a kid and we were walking around the video shop looking for that film, my mum said, "Oh, here it is," and she picked up a video which was clearly a knockoff of it. You know, like a mockbuster oh, yeah. sort of thing. <laughs> or a TV series thing. I was like, like this was at the rental shop, and I was like, no, that's not it. And she says, but it is it. And well, eventually, look, it's, I ended it's up called the Frodo, Band of France. That's the one we're looking <laughs> for, right? We lost, and, I, and my mum didn't listen to me. But then later on, my dad um, told me, uh, your mum just wants to say she's sorry because um, it was a different <laughs> film after all. But um, we did get the right film the, the, the time we went back the following week and stuff. And it was rental rather than bought, so that was okay. But um, we went to see Hercules a year later because that was the next film. And my mum and my brother couldn't understand a single word that was coming out of the characters' mouths. Oh. But I kind of make out what James Woods was saying and everything. So really? I just wanted, I just sat because it was, I just sat and enjoyed it because it was quite fun, you know. And well, after renting the film again recently, um, yeah, I can remember why I liked it as a kid and stuff, but it's definitely not the best Disney film that came out. And Tarzan, I, I, well, I one of my, love, I do love Hercules though. Yeah. Uh, it, it's pretty funny. Uh, Luna's uh, friend Matt, he he yeah. actually detests it only because it's not true to the mythology, which is mm. a little weird. Because yeah. if it were true to the mythology, it'd be X-rated, and yeah. <laughs> like fifteen exactly. hours long. <laughs> like the whole point is Disney tried to make it sort of arty in a kind of way, so they went for a sort of Las Vegas sort of um, show and everything. So it was kind of like. Yeah, what um, Lloyd uh, Webber and Tim Rice did with Joseph, uh, the story of Joseph and all that, like Joseph and the Amazing Technical Dreamcoat. So, but he, but Andrew Lloyd Webber and yeah, Tim Andrew Rice Webber, worked on yeah. Joseph as well, um, and they worked on Cats too, I believe. Yeah. Um, and Tarzan, well, one of my uh, tutors that I 
worked with at college and university actually was the, one of the, the head animators that was on that film, believe it or not. Wow. That was pretty neat. Yeah. Uh, um, my, my stepmother actually knows uh, Richard Rich, who is a animation director. Yeah. Director and, of Fox and the Hound and the Black Cauldron and then The Swan Princess and mm-hmm. producer Ralph and Omega and loads of other films which aren't really worthy of mentioning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I can't really... I love Swan Princess, though. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> I loved. I liked Swan Princess, too. I loved mm-hmm. it when we rented it. It was good. And, um, it's it's like, a good Dom Bluth movie. Like, um, and I loved Fox and the Hound, and, well, Black Cauldron definitely was well animated, although it's not mm-hmm. my favorite Disney film. But uh, And I liked Alpha and Omega. I just care about sequels. I remember seeing Black Cauldron when I was, like, 13 and 14, and, like, wow, this is really dark. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, it's a sort of familiar yeah, territory. For someone like Richard Rich, though, like sort of dark medieval sort of fantasy tale, because Richard Rich mm-hmm. is quite, quite an interest in those sorts of things. And when I was uh, a lot younger, of course, some of my favorite films were ones that were well, American Tale and Five of Us West, which were mm-hmm. well, well, the first one was a Don Bluth film, and the second one was based on the Don Bluth film. Yeah, it was, uh, and, wasn't it a straight the video release? Well, the Five of Us West was actually theatrical. It was. Oh the, yeah, that's right. Okay. It was the two films that I don't count that came after that that were straight to video. <laughs> I didn't Nobody even know they had two more. <laughs> oh wait, now no, do. I, I I do remember a third one with like some other little boy mouse. Yeah, I mean there was um, an animated TV series as well that they showed mm-hmm. in children's BBC that was well, it was mediocre. <laughs> but um, the, the important thing is Dom DeLuise was there to voice Tiger, and well, that was excellent. Yeah, and then Dom, I watched Dom a few other. Is, is I saw amazing. a few other Dom Bluth films as well. Um, when I got a bit older because I didn't really see many when I was a kid. I think the only ones I saw when I was a kid were The American Tale and The Pebble and the Penguin because my mm-hmm. gran had a video of that. And um, although I was asked if I wanted to see Anastasia in the cinema, for some reason I said no because it looked a bit girly because I was, well, I was being a boyish well, yeah, boy. It's, and it's everything, a, but... Yeah, it's about a princess and oh. <laughs> but then I watched the film when I got a bit older. I rented it and um, it's, 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 it's okay. You know, it's not... Yeah. Um, best film, but of all the films he made in the 90s, I'd say it's definitely the best yeah, one of them. It's not bad. I, I always uh, remember Rasputin's death as being like yes. one of the most amazing, gruesome animated death scenes ever. Just like, he just melts. Melts, and then just it has to be seen to be uh, you can't describe it, it's just sort of like um, melts away and then sort of shakes about violently, like convulses and then pfft, that's it, gone. Never <laughs> <laughs> death scene. Mm-hmm. I don't remember and the he fart dies, joke, he dies twice but... <laughs> actually because earlier he, he he slips into um, a lake of ice and oh, yes, um, well, that's right. that basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I was I, I didn't watch the film the first time it came out because I didn't think that, uh, I thought the back character looked really annoying, you know. Oh yeah, and Bartok. I was only like nine or ten years old at the time and everything, and so even then I was probably thinking um, a bit too. Um, harshly about some of these things yeah. Whereas why, do, when, um, why do all of the annoying sidekicks get their own spin-off movies that's something i didn't <laughs> like the idea of i mean i'm glad that both made titan ee after that because i think he redeemed himself at that point mm-hmm. I, love that. I, titan, I love that show yeah it's, it's very well made i wish um i wish he was able to do some more films after that but going back to his earlier films i think secret of nim of course is a great film i didn't Definitely. see it as a lot older but i think as a kid i would have really enjoyed that uh, I like I Tell Dogs Go to Heaven as well, although I didn't see most of it until I got a bit older and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, Land Before Time, um, I think I saw once in primary school, but it was so, so young I couldn't really remember it. And Rockadoodle, well animated, but <laughs> such a confusing mess. Oh my like, gosh, the story yes. has so many, 
the story's got so many plot holes, and they picked the wrong character to be the lead. I think definitely. <laughs> I I just I I couldn't ever uh, finish it because as a kid I would get annoyed by the uh, the main character, the the yeah. little cat, because he had a a major yeah. he had it's major boring. baby voice and major lisp going on. It was really hard to understand. At times. Yeah, I mean it's hard to enjoy a film when you've got such a hor- horrific lead character and everything. And well, you have to wonder what was going through Bluth's head at the time when they were making that film. But well, I, I mean he, he was probably just going for a precocious little child. But I mean perhaps he was. So, he leaned a little too far over the edge. I think mm-hmm. that guy with glasses—that's that's the name of his show. Yeah. Um, yeah he has cool. a he has a really 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 funny review about Rockadoodle. My little well, in-depth analysis. I think um, his reviews of A Troll in Central Park were um, <laughs> was was a very funny one as well. And Nostalgia Chick did one of Thumbelina, which was pretty good too. <laughs> and then you had um, the Pebble and the Penguin review where you had Tim Curry doing the voice of the penguin with the massive teeth and everything and well mm-hmm. Tim Curry, I mean I, I, I just love the way the guy's voice um, sort of just rolls off the tongue and everything. It's brilliant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just the way he plays bad guys and stuff like, like, like Pebble and the Penguin. It's so stereotypical. He's like, Marina is mine. Then in Fern Gully, you've got him saying, oh, what a machine, and everything. Uh-huh. And then um, you've got the Toxic Love song, and he's like, oh, that feels rather nice, and everything. <laughs> so, some, so some kid commented on YouTube when on the, on the song saying, as a kid, this song really used to scare me, but now I'm an adult. I actually feel turned on. That was, <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> that was a pretty good Tim Curry, by the way. <laughs> oh, thanks. Yeah, it was. <laughs> uh, I, I know I've said this on the podcast before, but I remember uh, my my grandma would put in like American Tale or Five Goes West or Land Before Time because she know she knew I would fall asleep almost <laughs> almost instantaneously. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I like um, Tim Curry in the Rocky Horror Picture Show as well, and everything's like, how you do, love? I see you've met my faithful handyman, and all that. <laughs> and um, I removed the cause, but not the symptom! That sort of thing. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, just, I love it's just so fun to watch, basically, and everything. Mm-hmm. So, Keeney, I, I ask every guest on my podcast one question that, that tends to uh, permeate. It's, uh, how did you get into the furry fandom? How I got into the furry fandom. It's just as well we got around to this. <laughs> been talking for a while. Yeah, it's fine. I, I enjoy I enjoy talking about uh, Disney films and Don Bluth and everything. Yeah. And and if if nothing, our podcast is probably the best at tangents. Yeah. As long as we don't have too much Deadwood involved in everything. Yeah. That's cool. But to answer your question, I think I first got into the fandom back in 2003. Um, I was going on a sort of nostalgia trip at that point. I think it was the first time I'd ever been nostalgic about something because I was 16 years old. And was, uh, <laughs> for some reason, I was interested in looking up. One night I was lying in my bed early in the morning and was thinking about foxes of all things, just randomly, like films like the Fox in Hand. I thought, oh, maybe I should um, have a look into that again. And um I then stumbled across somebody's Fox website, which I'll come to in a second, and um, started reading up about all these different um, films and shows that had foxes in that I used to watch, like Animals of Farthing Wood, which a lot of UK furries will probably remember. And um, 
It turns out that the artist that made that site was Big Blue Fox, who's quite well known in the furry fandom. Mm-hmm. And back in those mm-hmm. days, he used to do a lot of artwork of his own. And it wasn't long before I ended up looking at other parts of the site, including the bits where he did his own pictures. And I thought, hey, this is pretty neat, actually, because I just enjoyed how colourful the art he did was and um, the variety that was in his gallery. And I felt like I wanted to try and rekindle my interest in drawing stuff again. Because when I was a little kid, I used to draw a lot and everything, and um, not really animals, but um, because I was now interested in animals and stuff, and, well, foxes in particular, I wanted to try and draw those. Um, So I then just got started pretty much at that point, and um, I joined the Farthingwood Forum, um, where I shared my interests with a few people, and then later in 2004, I joined DeviantArt, which I have been on since then, pretty much, and I've met some pretty cool people. Indeed. Well, that that's a good enough start as any. It's very similar to mine, um, thinking of something from your childhood. And it's actually very similar to why I chose a fursona as a fox as well. I mean, well, I, I assume yours is because of the uh, farthing foxes. Very much so, and the Foxbusters foxes as well. Uh, Foxbusters was a fun little cartoon by Cosgrove Hall, the same people who made Danger Mouse. Mm-hmm. And oh, okay, but from yeah. much more, but from much more recently, I had some of the coolest, cutest cartoony foxes ever, and I wanted to kind of, and I sort of started drawing, well, sort of doing fan art of those by sort of copying the style that was there, mm-hmm. and over time it just sort of developed into my own style, I guess. I mean, yeah. I've watched a few other shows too, like the Raccoons as well, and that obviously had a bit of a um, role in the way I drew stuff, but um, eventually anyone who Everyone who starts out, as we all know, basically sorts of models themselves after people or other film or films that they've uh, really been inspired by, and then they just over time develop into something that they're just comfortable doing. And um, yeah. yeah, yeah, for me it was uh, Fox and the Hound, definitely. And oh, yeah. I, I had a really strong connection with the fox in the movie because we shared the same name, like it was clandestine, I guess. <laughs> First time I saw the film when I was a kid, I didn't really care much for the fox and everything. I was more caring for the hounds, but then once I was in my teens and stuff, I really did feel more sympathy for the fox and stuff, because he was really the main character. And, well, I was I was picked on a bit of school and stuff and everything, and um, in the outcast sometimes. He was treated like an outcast as well when he ended up back in the wild, for example. And um, I kind of felt sorry for him at first, because um, he was basically cast away. Yeah, like you were saying, a lot of people probably uh, just got attached to a cartoon character Yeah, and just went from there. Uh, It's funny, uh, most of the UK cartoons that you listed off, like nearly, I I would say about none of them (laughs) made it over here. Uh, I I think we had had Danger Mouse, definitely, and we had uh, Duckula. I, Count I, kind of, I kind of remember Count Duckula. I, I was a little young for that, but I do sort of yeah. remember seeing that. But uh, as far as that goes, that's that's about it. Um, yeah, I mean, other I, than that, it was that. mostly just Disney for us. Mm. We got a lot of uh, Disney as well. Um, in Britain, of course, Costco Fall, as I said, they made a lot of cartoons, including Count Duckula. And I always remember that because there was the annoying nanny character who was like, it's your nanny, Master Duckula! I've got your hot cocoa and chocolate bickies! And everything. <laughs> and there's always the following thing like, Nanny, why can't you come in through the door like everyone else? Oh, the door, I forgot all about that! <laughs> and there's just all this British humour and everything that um, 
you see in these shows that you don't get in anything else and stuff. And well, Corsica made a few other great little shows too, um, including um, Avenger Penguins, Victor and Hugo. Um, mm-hmm. Just loads and loads um, in their catalogue. It's a shame that the company um, folded quite a while ago now and everything um, yeah. for reasons. Um, when it came to for Disney reasons. shows... Yes. <laughs> um, when it came to Disney shows, I know that um, a lot of the ones were shown usually in the mornings where I live, like on GMTV, um, such as, um, well, obviously Timon and Pumbaa, but we also had ones like the Aladdin cartoon, Bonkers. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Goof Bonkers. Troop and everything. I mean, I didn't really like Goof Troop, but I liked a Goofy movie. Um, oh, yeah, definitely. Goofy movie is is one of the classics. I love the car in it, just the way it's been uh, rotoscoped and everything. Oh, yeah. It's AMC Facer, that was always cool. And, well, I was a bit sad that it was destroyed at the end, but hey. <laughs> I always had a thing for Floating down just... a river. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you, that was you do cool. have, you, you kind of have a thing for cars, I've noticed. <laughs> yeah, when I was a little, I didn't like seeing them all get blown up and everything, but, well, <laughs> of course, as an adult and stuff, all depends, really, and all that um, on the car and um, the context of it and stuff, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you ever been down uh, Route 66 in your travels? Never been to Route 66, no. <laughs> that, that's that's a pretty big uh, car enthusiast place to go. I mean, I've been to, to each drive end of Route 66. It. I've been to Chicago and I've been to Los Angeles, but never Route 66 itself. Mm-hmm. It's all about funding, basically. Yes. I'm not sure if I want to trust myself driving in America, because you guys drive on the wrong side of the road. <laughs> <laughs> Sort of quoting the Italian job there. <laughs> mm-hmm. In this country, they drive on the wrong side of the road, even though he was referring to Italy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so now that we've waxed poetic about <laughs> cartoons for a long time, let's uh, let's talk about your art. Let's sure. Talk about art things. Yeah. Art is fun. Yes. Now we're talking because we're all <laughs> artists. All three of us. Yes, all three of us are artists, including including Luna. She's very like quiet. You. Especially Luna. <laughs> she, she's, she's quiet because she is working on art as we record. Yeah, That's why I, I said especially finals, Luna. <laughs> <laughs> my finals are this, well, not this next week, but pretty much the week after. And then Port Zibby's coming yeah. into town this yeah. next, this thir- this Wednesday, actually. So I'm like, mm-hmm. I ain't doing shit <laughs> this next weekend because <laughs> he's going to be in town. So I'm trying to get everything done. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. By the end of the day. <laughs> it's funny you mention art, because I remember Luna was the one that was the most serious when we were doing the light drawing class in the rainforest. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was well, a I, I am currently enrolled, so... <laughs> yes. I actually... The reason I was taking it so seriously was... I was actually skipping school that week to be there. Yeah. And when I found... I had heard, like, from Port Zibi last year that they had a life drawing class, so I was, like, flipping out, so, and I'm taking figure drawing this semester, so I was like, well, I can make up for lost time from class, and then go do this as a makeup, which, thankfully, my teacher was like, okay, this will make up for the lack of portfolio. uh, Yeah, yeah. so I was like, that's why I was, like, taking it so, so seriously, because I'm like, I need this to be serious art for my portfolio. (laughs) Mm-hmm. We couldn't stop laughing, though, because the person that hosted it was uh, just so um, hilarious. The way she 
because uh, she kept telling she just kept telling us yeah, it, all kinds of stuff about her and everything. It, it was and then odd. I made a bit of a boo boo myself. Was a trip. She she was a trip. It, it was odd. Usually the models don't talk <laughs> in yes. life drawing. And the, this one was the host and the model at the same time. And mm-hmm. I remember at one point um, uh, you asked what her name was, and I said, um, oh, no. oh, and I said it's so and so. It sounds a bit like mountain. And then two <laughs> seconds later, I then realized exactly what i just said and i couldn't stop laughing for ages she, uh, she was very uncomfortable. she was kind of overweight let's say that big lady <laughs> yeah. you get a lot of big ladies in uh, in free, in life drawing classes mm-hmm. that you draw and this was the biggest one i'd ever drawn by far but she also the biggest personality so mm-hmm. that was quite something well the thing that was the, quite the thing is i've never drawn anyone that big not that i i mind or anything it's yeah. just i remember us I remember me and Ports walking in, and everybody was really quiet, and I had forgotten, like, that hour was the, the clothed <laughs> hour. Yeah, so we, we uh, walked in at sit, the, for the last, up. like, we're... five or ten minutes of the previous show, which was the uh, the uh, clothed. Mm-hmm. We're setting up, and, and we're kind of wondering what's going on, and then I look at her, and I look at Ports, and I'm like... I think that's the model. <laughs> and then sure enough, literally like 30 seconds later, she's like, all right, naked time. And like throws her clothes <laughs> off. And we're like, okay. She, like threw the robe across the room. <laughs> yeah, we're like, oh, okay. <laughs> all right. I guess it's time to start. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's, it's, it was good practice. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it makes change from drawing naked furries all the time, I suppose. <laughs> and then there was that one guy who made the comment. That, oh my like, god! Everybody uncomfortable. <laughs> like, like the model asked if there were any suggestions for poses, and this guy's like, "Do something suggestive." <laughs> oh, I was no. like, "Oh my god, no, mouth breather, go away! This is for <laughs> this is for artistic <laughs> integrity here." <laughs> doesn't exactly leave much to the imagination as it was anyway <laughs> yeah spread eagle on the table and open your pussy uh no dude <laughs> how about no and you leave how about you get out this of, is probably get why the fuck I out of here <laughs> class a lot when i was uh younger so that i wouldn't have to draw what was ever between the person's legs <laughs> yeah it's funny speaking speaking of that actually because <laughs> Uh, speaking of genitals, genitals, <laughs> um, not certain genitals. Hey, yeah, Remember what, what this podcast is about. Don't talk about a certain type of genital that we never discuss on the podcast. Well, it was a wo- the model oh, was a woman anyway. So. <laughs> Stop it! <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> no, but in in my figure drawing class, um, you know, obviously there's new models and. Yeah. I full on. I don't give two shits. I will draw that dick, or I will draw. <laughs> I'll draw her like the the model's vagina, and then everybody's like, especially my friends who are in that <laughs> class too. They'll walk up afterwards. They'll be like, "Wow, you actually drew it." I'm like, "Well, why wouldn't I? That's what we're in this class for." Like, <laughs> like oh, someone like, like, someone would go up like, "What you can you can do that." Yeah. <laughs> no. Everybody avoids it. Everybody will avoid it, and I'm just—I full on embrace it. I'm just like, time to draw this vagina. <laughs> I, is, imagine you so... saying that, time to draw this vagina, and you're like scribbling really <laughs> super hard. You got your whole fist around the pencil. 
Basically, yeah, it's the most much. detailed part of the entire drawing, ironically. <laughs> right. <laughs> the thing is, you focus so much on that, you forgot. You ended up neglecting every other part of the body. Oh, I forgot a face. Well, at least the vagina <laughs> has a face. Well, well, just replace this face with the vagina. <laughs> no, but the thing is, is that she's so our our one model that we have. She's she's not obese or anything, but she is. You know, she's a larger woman, and most of her poses are sitting, anyways. Or her legs will be slightly spread, but the thing is, her thighs are so big and meaty anyways, you don't really see it. So it, she yeah. has to be in, like, a very particular position to even see part of it. But I'll I'll go ahead and I'll just do it. I'm like, whatever, but my friends are always like, I can't believe, like, my one friend, <laughs> she was like, I, I shit you not, she's like, I can't believe you drew her pussy folds. I'm like, you can't <laughs> say that! Like, why? No, shut up! Like, so embarrassed. Like That's actually hey, called the labia. Right? <laughs> Not that many people actually know this. Or... <laughs> yeah, so I, I just found it really funny that everybody's so, like, it's so taboo. And I'm like, there's a naked person in front of us anyways. Like, just draw it. Like, it's not going to bite. Like, <laughs> Yeah. It's not going to swallow you. Of course, some furries might want that, but, well, yeah. I'll go there. <laughs> So. Luna, you're going to uh, college for just an art degree. And yes. uh, Keeney, I understand you went to university as well? Yes, I did. What, what did you major in? Um, well, I was in college first. I got a higher national certificate and a higher national diploma in 3D computer animation oh, great. for those two years. Uh, that was 2007 that I graduated from that, so I was still in my teens at that point. Awesome. And then I spent the next three years at the University of Abertay and doing computer arts, and I got a second-class honors degree in that. That's awesome. exciting. I was yeah. quite pleased with that, yeah. Life drawing was part of the uh, curriculum as well in one year, I remember, and I got a D for that, so mm-hmm. that was enough to get me to pass, basically. <laughs> My average grade overall at university was a C. That's why I got second-class honors. If I got all straight A's, it would have been first-class honors, but, well, there are some very good people out there. Mm-hmm. That's That's still pretty pretty amazing yeah i mean um, I, i'm i'm happy with that and stuff so of course my brother went and got first class honors in his course but then he's he's very good at what he does so but i'm happy with what i got yeah it's good to get experience and stuff and, and everything when you're drawing so you like the sketch directly into the computer and uh sometimes you'll take a camera mm-hmm. yeah i usually either scan the sketch right into the computer if it's a background for something Okay. Um, or because I need the white, the the white background. But um, if I'm uh, just doing a normal picture, I can. It'd be quicker for me just to photograph the drawing I've done, and then I can trace over it using flash. Um, I get a nice chunky cartoon style from that, and then I can copy it into PaintShop Pro, and then add colors and whatever else I need to do. Yeah. So I use quite a few different, a couple of different programs and everything. So it's not all done on one program. So my approach isn't exactly the quickest, but it works for me, and um, yeah. I've been doing and, it. And that's years. that's the thing that matters. Yep. There's there's all sorts of things that uh, people can do. So many programs, so many different techniques that just anything can work. It's amazing that part. some people can just draw straight onto the computer quite flawlessly, and not have to rub <laughs> out and start again. Well, I I do draw directly into the computer these days. Yeah. Uh, but this. Not necessarily flawless. I do 
have mm-hmm. my left hand on the control Z formation on my keyboard at all times. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I just draw directly onto a tablet. Yeah. I mean, in, in, uh, previous years, many, many, many moons ago, uh, I would, or at least with my old, uh, comics, I would actually, I actually, uh, sketched them all out traditionally in the sketchbook and scanned them in and then digitized them. Yeah, I did that something similar. I would uh, just draw everything in pencil, and then I would take the picture, scan it in, and then I would change the contrast so the pencil lines would be much darker, they'd, they'd be black. Mm-hmm. And I just use those original pencil lines and sort of clean up all the, the, the messy uh, pencil bits around them and everything. Mm-hmm. That was my original process, and it's quite a few years since I last did that because I've started using digital lines since then. But um, we all had to start somewhere, and um, yeah. Definitely. I, uh, posted a journal on FA about, uh, questions, and though I didn't get really any responses, I, I do have one question that I think is, is pretty neat for all three of us to answer. Oh, good. It's from Gamer101123, and he writes, How do you cope with artist block? Oh shit, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> For for me, I don't really cope very well. <laughs> but uh what what I try to do is I try to draw at least something every day, whether it be a doodle or a sketch. Just try to draw something just on anything, either on the computer or on a on a notepad or sticky note or something, just just to try to get that energy going again. And uh Another thing that I like to do is I like to get inspired. I'll, I'll actually watch people's streams and that usually gets my juices flowing pretty, my artistic juices flowing. (laughs) (laughs) That usually makes me want to go draw. And, And most times when I, when I watch people streaming, I end up just drawing on the side and then their stream just goes in the background in my mind. Um, so yeah, what, what I would suggest is just draw every day, whether it be a doodle and get inspired, go, go look at another artist's work, watch them stream. Uh, so, so how do you cope with artist block, Keeney? Well, um, I daydream a lot and that's something I've always done when I was a kid and to this day. Um, I'm always enjoying coming up with new things whenever I'm in some boring activities, such as when I'm at work. Um, however, whenever, um, I've got some free time to myself, um, sometimes I just don't have the motivation to draw, but it does help that I do a webcomic because I know that that always needs updated and I've always got ideas written down for that. So if anything, I have motivation to do a bit more of my webcomic if I don't really have any other ideas to work on. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it just comes to me and everything and, um, depends on how I'm feeling on the day as well, of course. But, um... Even then, I think my favorite process when it comes to drawing is always the sketching out in the first place. That's always really fun to do. And a lot of what I sketch doesn't even end up on the computer in the end anyway. Um, it's just a good way to experiment with them, what sort of styles you do and, and everything. And plus, it's always good. Just watch your favorite shows. Go to conventions as well. If you go to a convention, you see all these other artists doing their thing. And that at times has also inspired me. It's given me a bit of a boost, if you like, um, to up my own game, if you like, and and everything. 
because I went to Anthrocon first time around and walked past Derek Schwartz's table and I remember he was good at drawing female figures and then I had a look through all the prints and stuff and I thought, oh wow, I'd love to make some stuff like this myself and everything. And sometimes it's just those sorts of little things that help give you the push that you need, really. That's that's my two uh, pence to it, basically. Mm-hmm. And Luna, same question. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> right now, it's just so busy for me because I like the only time that I'm able to art, <laughs> able to art, um, is for school because I work full time and. And I go to school full-time, so I don't really ever get to do the things that I want to do um, when I do have time. Um, I do, it just depends on my mood. Like, sometimes, well, I guess more specifically this dealing with art blocks. So, like, yeah, um, I will either, I'll, I think I start out with just, like, by looking at my notes for the day as far as, like, submissions for my art sites. Um just to to get into the swing of being motivated, I guess. Um, I also keep a list of things that I've always wanted to draw. I just never have time to draw or work on. That's kind of um, how like how I do it with web comics as well and everything. Yeah. So like my my suggestion is um, always keep like a journal or a sticky note. Like if you're on the computer a lot, like those digital sticky notes or a word pad or whatever, and just keep a log of all the things that you want to draw or you want to work on. You just don't have time to do it because it's it'll job it, memory that way. Definitely. Exactly. Um, so, cause I have like one of the things I want to do for my portfolio, not necessarily just for school, but for myself was um, coming up with graphic design examples for logos, like just coming up with like a fake, product or a business and making a logo for it just so like it helps me get into the swing of things um but like even characters like i have like i really have like eight characters i just don't draw them all the time so like if i come up with a scenario or an idea and i'm like oh that'd be really good for that character i write it down or i'll doodle it or um like right now in my my bag I don't really call it a purse. It's not really a purse, but the, the bag that I carry out around all day. Um, Your carpet bag. My carpet bag. It's my. It's 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 a it's a canvas bag that has a it has a purple brontosaurus on it, and it says vegetarian. And then on the inside, it has a T Rex, and it says carnivore, and it's reversible. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> um, but. Uh, yeah, I, I keep I bought this little tiny tiny sketchbook um, just to doodle and take notes in. It's how big is this thing? It's about three and a half by five and a half inches, so it's a little smaller than a postcard. That's my biggest thing. Is I I will start by referencing that, or if I see something um, online that day or in life that gets me wanting to draw, I'll start sketching or just doodling with those ideas but i my thing too is i listen to a lot of music um and my thing is i'm i'm probably one of the only people out of my friends that really do this but i don't really listen to a library or collection i have i actually listen to the radio a lot Um, radio is good yeah i mean um it's a small random yeah and that's like a lot of people want me to get on spotify 
because then, well, you can listen to whatever songs you want. And I'm like, but that's the whole point I listen to radio is so I can discover new things. And I'm not, because my thing is you get into the monotony, like, especially with your library, it gets, it becomes monotonous. Like sometimes there's things you're going to want to listen to, which is fine. But like, if you're trying to get the creativity going, like a lot of the times it's better to listen to stuff you're not familiar with. Sometimes it's, it's stuff like that that um, surprises you and that suddenly gives you an idea. And that's exactly why I do it. Like, um, I, <laughs> it's actually funny, like in one of my uh, advanced classes at school, um, it's me and four other people in that class. It's the smallest class I've ever had. We're allowed to listen to music while we work and that's the only thing we can't talk to each other unless it's specifically about our artwork <clears throat> for that class. And so... Um, one day I'm like, can I put on music? And everyone's like, yeah, sure. And so I put on my station for iMonster. And <laughs> everyone's like really chill. And you know, obviously everyone's able to work. Well, then like next time we meet, my teacher goes to put on music. And it's like jazz or something. And then somebody says, Ashley, can you put on that station? And I'm like, and, and then the two, the two other people, yeah, yeah. Can you put that station on from last time? <laughs> And I'm like, oh, my iMonster station? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, all right. So then I just pull up Pandora yeah. and I, because the that's band probably one of the most, Yeah, that's, that's probably one of the most chill bands as far as, and, and stations on Pandora. So I highly suggest. I think I only know one of their songs that's um, charted in the UK, but um, everything else I don't know about them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, uh, they they're were really, They were featured in Shaun of the Dead at the, the opening credit sequence. That's one of their songs. I know the song Daydream in Blue, but I don't know the that other was... ones. Yeah, but um, they have a lot. They're really, honestly, really relaxing to me. Relaxing, but they, I guess, loungy. I don't know how to describe it. It's just I. It's chill, mellow, mellow. It's really mellow. Yeah, and um, just the stuff that plays on that station just gets the way I describe it. It gets my heart racing, but it's still really mellow. Like it gets me wanting to do something, but it's not like overly like. It's um, like your heart's racing, but it's not over the top or anything yeah, like that. Yes. It's, not it's not excitable. Button. Yeah. So <clears throat> it's it's definitely like I suggest to anybody who's listening, if you want to, if you're the type of person that wants to try new music, definitely go to Pandora or if you use Spotify or even just I used to listen to music through YouTube <clears throat> YouTube playlists, but look up the band Eye Monster and give them a try because they're just I really like them a lot. So, but I think I think one of my favorite bands for more mellowed music um, is actually Memory House. Like they're not one of my favorite bands by any means, but I listen <laughs> to one of their EPs and it's just so chilled out. Mm-hmm. Okay, well I I hope that answers your question, gamer. And uh, <laughs> so so we're coming towards the end of our episode. Uh, I'd like to do one more thing. It's our only feature that we have every episode that we're we're trying to do every episode anyway. It's called Creature Feature. Woo! And this is where we each uh, list off an artist that we feel deserves a lot more attention than they are currently getting. Uh, just up-and-coming artists that are really uh, interesting or unique or or just all-around great. I'd like to start off uh, with the artist known as Cartoon Lover. 
Uh, yeah. That's just cartoon She's lover. Uh, one word on fur affinity. I, I believe they're going to have an account on Weasel soon. But as for now, it's just kind of bare bones. But, uh, their, their art is really fantastically adorable. Mm-hmm. It is, it's great. Super cartoony, mm-hmm. uh, as the name suggests. And her, mm-hmm. her character Stripes is really cute. <laughs> this little <laughs> white, uh, cat tiger thing. It, it, <laughs> I, I don't know how to describe I it. She's, I think she's a fox. Is it a fox? I think it's a fox. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. I never really, I never really understood what her character was because she was always drawing other people's characters and everything. Yeah, it's the, uh, think, the white. I think she's a, I, I think it, think it could be an arctic fox, but it has, uh, stripes on the back as well. And I believe the name is Stripes of the character. Mm-hmm. Her, her, her name's Stripes. Yeah. But it's just, the yeah. Name. Just really cute, super adorable stuff. Go check her out. Cartoon Lover on F.A. Uh, she's a Texan, too. Yes, and she's also a Texan. <laughs> so, Luna, who would you like to feature this week? I'm so excited for this feature. Like, and I hope that, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to send this episode to them. Because they sh- they, I think they already do listen and watch, but just to make sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'll remind them, but um, I think I'm going to be... Well, I think I am. <laughs> you I'm think, going therefore, to feature, you are. Yes. I, I'm i going to feature Kimmy Evers. <laughs> hi, um, Kimmy. And, yeah, hi, Kimmy. Um, Hello. <laughs> and she... Uh, <laughs> Here she is. She actually... Right. <laughs> she just pops out in front of my we window. We said her name like, three times. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but, um... She actually, um, it was really cute. The other day on Tumblr, I was on Tumblr and, um, I was, I got a notification, like a message and I'm like, oh, what's this? And I pulled it up and somebody had asked her, it was like one of those little, um, memes where it's like, you put the list and message me with what you want to know. And like, number one is this, number two is this, whatever. And so. Uh, the, the person had asked, who is your biggest inspiration? And she went on this whole big thing about how I was her biggest inspiration. <laughs> yeah. And she's, she's, she actually, I've known her since she was probably about 10 years old, but we never were able to keep in touch. She, she was actually a part of my sister's girl, girl scout troop, mm-hmm. scouting group. And so she didn't have any interest with any of the other girls and I wasn't even in the troop, but she loved me. And so we go way <laughs> back, but, um, but I digress. So she draws really, really cute stuff, yep. you guys. It has like, nothing to do with nepotism own. either. <laughs> <laughs> she is like, it's, she, she actually finally came up with a persona and it's a macaw lion griffin thing. And it is <laughs> adorable. Like, oh my god. <laughs> but, <laughs> oh my god. Uh, no, but she, she, uh, she has a, um, Tumblr. And she has an F.A. with the same name. And it's all one word. Kimmy, K-I-M-I, Evers, E-V-E-R-S. Her her F.A. is a little barren right now. She's doing a little bit more on Tumblr. And um, I think I think her F.A., she's keeping it specifically more towards furry art. Her Tumblr has a little bit more. Like right now, she's really big on Steven Universe. So she's like obsessed 
with with shipping the girls together. <laughs> so she's got like her own gym sona and she's like going all off it. I'm like, "Hey, that's getting you to draw. That's all that matters. That's what you like." Mm-hmm. Um but uh she her stuff is really cute. She's really wanting to get out there, go say hi and drop in and at least give her some views and check her stuff out cuz her stuff is but and she drew us badges. <laughs> she drew us the cutest badges. Yes. <laughs> Super so, cute. I I forgot all I, about those. Yeah, I I second that motion. Her art is amazing and adorable. And go check her out, Kimmy Evers, on Fur Affinity and Tumblr. This means I've got to check her out now, definitely. Yeah, definitely do. I think I think she has a DeviantArt under that name too, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. So if not, we we will have links on our show page on portscast.com to all three of these artists that we're going to feature. And mm-hmm. by third artist, I mean, hey, Keeney, who would you like to feature? I would like to feature a good friend of mine who also lives in Scotland. Um, he's not that well known, but um, he's got a small following now. Um, his name is Matt Kelman, and um, he goes under the name Matthew, M-A-T-I-U. Um, his character is a rabbit, and um, he tends to do these sort of cute little anime-inspired sort of um, pictures that involve mostly shiny things and all kinds <laughs> of other cute stuff. Shiny is always important. Yeah, and it's because of him I learned how to make shinier textures myself and everything. Plus, it's good that um, he was one of the first people that I um, furries I knew in Scotland anyway, or people that were linked to furry fandom anyway. And um, it was good to be able to share and discuss all kinds of things. And I've done quite a few fun art trades with him since then as well, of course, which has been good. We both went to different universities in Dundee, but we both studied animation. He's pretty good. He's done a couple of animated shorts himself called Matt the Demented Rabbit and Poo-Poo's Amazing New Boots, um, <laughs> which you can both find on YouTube. Awesome. I'll have to go check that out. And you should too, listener. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you what, should. What was his essay yes, name I again? you should. M-A-T-I-U. All right. Awesome. Well, I, I think that was a pretty good episode. Yeah. yeah. It was fun. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast, Keeney. We'll have to have you back on sometime. Yes, thank you for having me along. It was good fun. Mm-hmm. And you, you can find Keeney on F.A. under the name Keeney Fox, K-E-E-N-Y-F-O-X, and Frey Fox on DeviantArt, which is F-R-E-Y-F-O-X. The reason why it's Frey is because it's Dutch for free, and it's also the Dutch name of Todd and the Fox and the Hound. Oh, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> That's where I got that from. Cool. And, and you can find his webcomic, Transmission, uh, on transmission dot the comic series dot com. Is there anything else you'd like to plug? Um, no, that'll be it. Uh, apart from if anyone, any of you here happens to have kids, or if you um, happen to enjoy listening to radio serials or audiobooks, I could recommend listening to the Space Gypsy Adventures, which is something that I do the artwork for as well. It's based in England, um, the company that does it, but um, it's about two foxes. Um, a girl and a boy. Um, girls like twenty, the boys are much younger. They they live in space as sort of um, they deliver contraband and everything. Um, like we're talking sweets, all the um, games, all these sorts of things that um, kids basically want. <laughs> and um, it's narrated by John Leeson, who voiced K nine in Doctor Who. And oh, if you're wow. interested, yeah, um, if you're interested, then there's a link to it from my transmission site, or you could go to www.spacegypsy.co.uk. 
and there's a sp- place where you can then download all the existing stories. Okay. And we're hoping to make it into a book series as well at some point. Yeah, best of luck. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Thanks. All right, well, you can find us at Portscast on Twitter and FA, and you can find more information on Keeney Fox and all of us on the episode page on Portscast.com. You can find Luna Starbright on Fur Affinity under that name with a dash after Luna. Mm-hmm. You can also find her on Weasel. You can find me, Portsby, on FA and Weasel under that name. Uh, good luck trying to spell that. And <laughs> <laughs> I hope you guys have a wonderful well, evening. Easy. <laughs> it's easy enough. <laughs> it's phonetic. <laughs> Just spell it phonetically. <laughs> Papa, Oscar, Romeo... Tango, Zulu, um, Echo, Bravo, India, Echo. I think that's what right. <laughs> that works. You win. <laughs> I don't know what you win, but you win. Yay. <laughs> Thank you, sir, for being on the podcast once again. Thank you. And to everyone else out there, thank you for listening. Thank you for making, sticking it out all the way to the end. Uh, you're the best, and I love all three of you. And with that, <laughs> say goodnight. 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 Love you!